This is I Choose Life, news and views sponsored by Indiana Right to Life and Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, committed to defending innocent human life for all people of all ages. I Choose Life, news and views is produced by Bot Radio Network in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Welcome, and I am Zach Rogers with I Choose Life, news and views, and I am your host today. I'm with Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, and I am excited about my guest, Sue Liebel, who is state director for Susan B. Anthony List. And Sue, I don't remember the first time we met, but we've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of working in the same business. That's working right. Working with great uh, pro-life and pro-family uh, legislators and candidates. Absolutely. And I was hoping, Sue, that you could tell our listeners, I know you've been a, a guest many times uh, but why don't you remind our, our listeners about what Susan B. Anthony List does and stands for? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Susan B. Anthony List is the nation's largest pro-life political and policy organization. We have almost 900,000 getting, we're pushing that million uh, member mark. Wow. Here. Yeah, it's a national organization. It's based in Washington, D.C. Now, our primary uh, mission is to elect candidates who are pro-life. And we specifically focus on, and this isn't a good year for this, but the president and the U.S. Senate, (laughs) because that's where Supreme Court justices are appointed and, you know, approved to the U.S. Senate. And our goal is to overturn Roe versus Wade and to end abortion in America. We focus on candidates for Congress. And then we're, uh, we also, of course, monitor congressional legislation, um, health and human services, you know, actions that have to do with life. Also, we have the Charlotte Lozier Institute, which is our uh, research and education arm, where we have fetal stem cell experts, um, experts on fetal pain and disability and discrimination mm-hmm. in the womb and things like that. So w- what we're doing now is we realize that as we, we do look to the end of Roe versus Wade, the importance of the state's. It'll go back to the states to choose. And so that's why we're building out our state activity and state legislatures across the country. And that's what I do. So that is incredible that uh, we had four amazing years under President Trump with regards to court nominees and appointments. But I would imagine that your battle ahead is probably not as exciting as it was (laughs) under those four years. Not at all. Now we're playing defense. In fact, this is a very, very terrible week in Washington for the life issue. Last week was too. The, the recent COVID relief package also contained abortion funding, um, yeah. which is why most of the you know pro-life Republicans you know oppose that. But the Democrats are clever and they're swift, and they are finding new opportunities, including. Uh, reviving the old Equal Rights Amendment. It's, mm-hmm. it's not your grandmother's ERA anymore. Yeah. Today's ERA revival, which is a, it's a fake, I mean, it, it expired in 1979. Right. So they're trying to say it's still alive. But the whole point of that today is for abortion funding. Mm-hmm. It's to put it in the U.S. Constitution to give an, a right to abortion and, and have it funded. So they've wasted no time. We've got lots of fingers in the dike. But I can tell you that in the States, we don't go to do much in New York or Connecticut or, you know, Oregon or Washington. They're pro-choice. That's not going to change. 
but in states that are predominantly pro-life or better, kind of in the middle where we can sway, that's where we're spending our time in the states. And there's a lot of positive, positive activity. And and actually, that's where most pro-life policy happens is on the state level. And so there's good news to report there. Wonderful. And one of the reasons we brought you on, of course, is the arm that does a lot of the discrimination protections and mm-hmm. everything for moving forward for your organization. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're coming up on 321, which is the National Down Syndrome Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to bring you on to talk about some of the discrimination that happens, particularly in the womb for babies that are born with that extra chromosome, right? So um, that's right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and some of the things, because you've had a pretty busy week, if I remember correctly, <laughs> that uh, you've been on the front lines on some of this stuff. I'll tell you what, it's just been a privilege. I have been um, all over this country this so far since January as legislative sessions commence in the different states. But the, there is much more growing interest in, in these bills. They're really taking off around the country. Last year, we were in Mississippi and Tennessee. This year, uh, been in South Dakota, Montana. It's been introduced in Florida. It's just really starting to take off. So I'd like to tell you a little bit of the history of that. Yeah, please do. Um, But I just want to start with this. In the United States, somewhere between 70 and 90 percent of babies that are diagnosed in the womb with Down syndrome or another sort of trisomy uh, disorder are aborted. Wow. Now, the medical community doesn't use the A word. They, mm-hmm. The doctor doesn't say, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, we can abort that baby. They use the word termination. And so for years and years, I thought my, and it's true, that Planned Parenthood is my biggest obstacle. But I'm realizing that the mainstream medical community does recommend termination mm. more often than we are aware. And so I'm trying to bring awareness to that. There are some don't get me wrong, there's some great doctors out there that are pro-life, and I would just challenge all of our listeners that um, be sure you know where your doctor stands on mm-hmm. life, uh, get pregnant. So, And it's, it's also, if you think about it, Zach, it's been a, I'm 60 years old, I've lived six decades, and it's been a social norm as well. I hate to admit that, but in America, whether it's rape or incest or disability, it's been kind of a norm that we want to, quote, take care of that, unquote. Right. Uh, but it, it's our nation's biggest, darkest secret, and we, it's got to stop. Absolutely. So, you know, a disability diagnosis should never be a death sentence. You know, we pride ourselves on diversity and inclusiveness. <laughs> it's right. time our laws caught up with that uh, basic compassion. Um, and um, public opinion overwhelmingly supports this. Over 70% of people, even, even people that say they're pro-choice, don't believe it's right to abort a baby because of a discriminatory reason, whether mm-hmm. it's their race, their gender, their disability, something like that. And polling shows that Americans don't approve of this anyway, but yet, again, we've been doing it. Right. So it's time that we stop that. Now, we have, for the disability discrimination, we have 10 states that have prohibited abortions motivated by a child's disability. And um, next week, Governor Christy Nome is going to sign that bill from South Dakota. I'm going to be there, which I'm very excited. I'm so excited to participate in that. Yeah. Let's take a moment to give her a shout out for being an incredible leader and governor in this country. Wow. She is dynamite. 
she is. And she is so strong on the life issue. Yep. I think other governors might take a note from her. She doesn't him her. I mean, she, it's just who she is. She just says, yep. this is the way I am. I'm going to sign this bill. I want this bill. I want that bill. We're going to do it. And there's like no room for questioning. You know what I mean? This is just who I am. And so she just takes the lead and walks away with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So and I think people appreciate that style of leadership. It's not where are they going to come down on this issue or that issue or are they going to ride the fence on all of these things? It's, right. hey, if you don't like where I stand on this, then vote me out because right. this is where I'm going with it. Yeah, right. She just, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Any questions? You know, no. Okay. <laughs> you know, right. we just expect. So, but now then we expect, we know how that person's going to lead, right? Exactly. We just, so it's time to stop him hauling around and, and take a lesson from her, I think, on life. Arizona has a bill that's uh, halfway through the process this year and Florida does too. So we will end this year with two or three more states that'll come along, uh, 10 to 13 states, then we'll have the bills. Now, they are in court as well, because the other side is so lucrative. <laughs> oh, sure. And it's also, Zach, I just have to say, it's also lucrative for the medical profession sure. to do a, a DNC or a termination or whatever they want to call that. So uh, we are looking at some challenges. Um, and here's the really incredible news for those of your listeners from Indiana. Indiana was the second state in the country to pass this bill in 2016. Wow. In fact, you're from uh, the Fort Wayne area. Senator Travis Holdman and Senator Liz Brown were the primary Senate authors. And then uh, we had a little bit of trouble in the House to get it passed. And you may remember Representative Casey Cox. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who, we were talking about Christy Nome a minute ago. Yep. Casey Cox pulled a Christy Nome and <laughs> stood, stood very firm. Um, in the storm and got that bill passed. Yeah. And literally, we give him the credit for agreeing to consent on that on his bill. Uh, we dumped it into his bill, his other bill, and then we passed it. It was an incredible opportunity uh, that session. Anyway, we, so we were the second, and it went. And and Zach, our bill went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Wow. And I think it was 2018, late in 2018, 2019, that the court finally took it up and. The way the court works is they want to see, they look out over the United States and they want to see a split in the country. They want to see one circuit court say yes, one circuit court say no. That's what they do. They are supposed to anyway. Sure, because <laughs> otherwise they're staying out of it because they believe that there's no discrepancy in right. the rulings. Right. That's what they're for, is to be the mediators, figure out what's going on and make a judgment call. Right. So when our bill went to the Supreme Court after 2016, the court said, this is interesting. It's the first one we've seen. And it's kind of new out there in the country. It's so early. We haven't seen other circuits. We need to kind of, they kind of left the door open to say, we're not going to hear this right now because that's kind of not what we do. But we're going to wait and see what happens with other circuit courts. So that's fair. Actually, we did right. the point. I, I think I cried all night. But, um, <laughs> right. Hoping a, a positive decision, but at exactly. the very least, not ruling on it until something else happens is they, At least is they better. didn't say no. Right. You know, they didn't say no. It's kind of like when your parents didn't say no, but they didn't quite say yes. So you think you got a little room <laughs> I there. still have a chance. Yeah, right, right. So you're saying there's a chance. That's right. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> What we did then, uh, and I was with Susan B. Anthony List by this time, so then we've rushed to the states in the different circuit 
geographic areas to get these bills going so that they can get up in the Eighth Circuit, the Sixth Circuit, the Fifth Circuit. And that is exactly what's happening now. In fact, we're eagerly awaiting a decision in the Sixth Circuit on the Ohio bill. And we've had a decision in the Eighth Circuit, Arkansas, just earlier this year, and it was negative. It was not a good decision. Okay. But we're, we're eager for the uh, Sixth Circuit for Ohio and also the Eighth Circuit for Missouri bill. And then Mississippi is in the Fifth. So that's a, a boring... all the fields. Yeah, it's kind of a boring legal lesson, but unfortunately, that's how we have to work so mm-hmm. that we can, we can work those bills through the channels they have to go. Unfortunately... They have to go back up to the Supreme Court, and that's how you sure, do that. Sure. So anyway, I'm hopeful and very, very gratified to see states stepping up to the plate and passing these bills and, and tossing their hat in the ring, you know? Yeah. Um, are those three bills that are in the system right now waiting for a decision, are those all specific discrimination abortion bills, or are they larger bills similar to the one that Indiana had that moved its way up? It depends. Uh, It's a mismatch. Some of them, the bill is just about discrimination, abortion, and some of them have sex discrimination or race discrimination Mm -hmm. as well as disability, and some are just pure disability. And then some of them are what we call in the biz uh, kitchen sink bills. They may Mm -hmm. have heartbeat in them. Uh, They may have ultrasound or uh, other topics besides this. So, um, but what ends up happening in court is it gets, a lot of those things get teased out and, you know, the court can rule on the disability discrimination too. So there's some element in all of those bills that I mentioned, a very heavy or a moderate element of the discrimination stuff in there. I also want, if I may, yeah, please. There's, there's another type of bill that is also very important that doesn't go to court, and that's a good thing. Um, seven states, and soon to be eight, including Indiana, we did this too, also have a bill that requires the doctor at the time of giving a diagnosis to the patient of some sort of genetic marker. At the time, instead of just saying, we can terminate that, the state has recognized the need to require that doctor to give them a pamphlet or a brochure and some more information about that disability. So you don't have to make a decision today. Right. Here's a website you can go to. You can talk to other parents. You can go to a support group. Before you make a decision like that, here's some information. And you would be just shocked at how little information the medical community gives out. And when they do, it's usually very old stereotypes. Mm. Mm -hmm. The child will never have a good life. They'll never be Mm. able to do anything. And of course, this is 2021. We have got all kinds of um, health care and social options and social opportunities in our communities for people with disabilities. For sure. So the medical community really hasn't caught up with that. Uh, it's still just doomsday for them. Um, I'm not trying to make light of this. Of course, this is a very serious situation, but mm-hmm. you have to look no further than your Facebook page to see families or people with Down syndrome that have their own Facebook pages. Absolutely. You know, just uh, social media has really helped to show that those old stereotypes aren't quite true. That's right. For those just joining in, I want to make sure that they are aware who they're listening to. It is the rock star Sue Liebel, the state director for Susan B. Anthony List. And you're listening to I Choose Life News and Views. And I'm Zach Rogers with Right to Life of Northeast Indiana 
and we are just in the weeds here, which I love, and I'm sure our listeners are enjoying on some of the laws regarding discrimination, particularly for those with Down syndrome and other disabilities as we are approaching National Down Syndrome Awareness Day on 321. And Sue is sharing with us about all the states that have different types of discrimination laws on the books now and some that are looking to do that in the future. Now, Sue, are there ones that aren't in the court system right now that you're working with legislators that you can share any of that information? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. They're working their way through the legislature. In Arizona, for example, uh, House Bill 1457 has passed the Senate, and now it's, in fact, today it gets heard in the House. Wow. And then in Florida, the uh, House bill was heard last week in committee, um, and it will be moving to the House floor soon for a vote. So we're working, you betcha, we're working with states that are currently. And then in Texas, I was just in Texas yesterday. The uh, state Senate there heard what they call the PRINDA, the Prenatal Non-Discrimination Act, uh, in their state Senate hearing, and I was able to testify on that bill. Actually, it ended up being Tuesday, excuse me, Monday night. So Texas is working its way through the process as well. So there's stuff really in the pipeline all across, which I think goes to show where these leaders in these states are moving. I mean, that's where the opinion is by the majority of the constituents that they represent, you would think, given that they're the ones voting for these bills. So I would think that's a really good sign that there's this many states and legislators willing to step up. Zach, I'm going to go a little bit further for you especially this session, all across this country, it's not just this bill, discrimination, it's heartbeat bills, it's mm-hmm. protection at conception bills, it's abolish abortion bills, whatever, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, Mississippi, South Dakota, Arizona. I mean, all of us have gotten very, well, I guess I should speak for myself, it's easy <laughs> to get very sour towards politics and what's going on these days, right? Sure. It's really easy to just say they're all, you know, throw them out, you know, in the basket just to get rid of all the politicians. But you know what? In the Midwest especially, but in states all across this country, at the state level, they're very strongly pro-life, very conservative, and they stand for what they believe in. In some of these states, they will just not be shaken. Yeah. I bring hope, but I just feel so blessed to be able to know these people who and firm. They're, they're very, very fine. And honestly, here in Indiana, I would tell you that your uh, Northeast Indiana delegation is exactly what I'm talking about. They stand exactly. for life. They stand firm. And they will not be swayed. So there is a lot of hope out in the states. And when we can overturn Roe versus Wade and give the authority back to the states where it was before Roe versus Wade, yep. we're going to see a big change in this country. I believe that will happen. I was a naysayer for quite some time, but after <laughs> Trump made his appointments, and I know, I know it depends on the day, and it depends yeah. on the case. Sure. But I, I am a believer. I yeah. believe we'll, I'll see it in my lifetime. Yeah, and, and until really, then, we do not stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, got to put that foot on the gas pedal for sure. You're right. I think in, in Northeast Indiana and in Indiana in general, we've got so many great leaders in the life movement that are always actively looking for the right ways to set life up in the most positive fashion. 
That's yeah. exactly right. Another, if I have a moment, yeah, I always please. like to remind our listeners in Indiana that Indiana has already passed huge pro-life bills. We've already defunded Planned Parenthood. We've already passed this non-discrimination bill that went to the United States Supreme Court. Um, we've already passed mandatory ultrasound that went to the Supreme Court. Our previous Attorney General, Curtis Hill, kept appealing all of our bills up to the Supreme Court. Parental notice and yep. parental consent for minors. And I, to tell you the truth, there's so many I'm drawing a blank, but we're already almost there. You That's know what right. I mean? We have ultrasound. Got, yeah, mandatory ultrasound yep. at the informed consent visit. At exactly. the first visit where she gets her paperwork and all that. And there's an 18-hour waiting period. That's when we do the ultrasound instead of the day she's on the table. Yeah. And that was, they avoided, they fight that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, where they don't really have to show the ultrasound. And right. yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, when the Supreme Court did pitch that back to the Seventh Circuit, though, and then Planned Parenthood dropped its suit. So that is ineffective in Indiana right now. Exactly. Um, so anyway, we have, we have, with the foresight of your Northeast Indiana legislators and our leadership in our uh, Indiana General Assembly and our Attorney General, of course, our current Attorney General. Todd Rokita has just weighed in on several key of our key abortion mm-hmm. cases as well. So we're in great hands in Indiana. I, I, all I can do is thank our voters for voting and yeah. pro-life, pro-life elected officials all over the place here in Indiana. And, and, and that's really what we mean when we say elections have consequences. Yep. Who you elect gets to make the laws. Yeah. And, and as we look forward, I think, you know, you touched on it as we look forward to Roe being overturned. Uh, obviously, one Roe was a terrible decision, but yeah. even from a national standpoint, Roe was a decision that really overstepped the states and the process that normally happens. So uh, once that goes back to the states, It is exciting that all of these bills are passing all across the country because that tells me abortion will be made illegal and unthinkable in so many of these states so quickly. That's right. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier in the show about Susan B. Anthony list and what we do. Yeah. This is why thinking about the end of Roe versus Wade and the role that the states are going to play. This is why we're, we're trying to duplicate what we do at the federal level, at the state level. For example, in our political work, for example, we're going to need legislatures that are going to vote pro-life and make abortion illegal in their states. Yep. We're going to need a governor of that state who's going to sign that and That's an right. attorney general of that state who's going to defend that. Yep. And so elections is going to be where it's at as Roe is overturned and we look to the state. So we've got to hunker down and we have to be ready all across this country for these states. These states have to be prepared. Yeah. For that and and mm-hmm. I don't want people to think, Oh, okay. Roe is the end all be all decision, right? I mean, that is the scariest thing that someone that is in the pro-life movement can think that, that once we overturn Roe, everything's good. We're good right. to go. Everything, abortion's illegal. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's right. when the real fight happens. And that is when it is game on in all of these states. And quite frankly, organizations like uh, Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, Indiana Right to Life, Susan B. Anthony List. I mean, that is when our efforts are going to 
triple, quadruple, quintuple, right. whatever the highest number is you can think of with that, we're going to have to. You know, I say that we should all get a good night's sleep because one of these days, <laughs> it's going to be game on. And, yep. and even in Indiana, which is totally pro-life, in some of these states that I've mentioned, you know, that are extremely pro-life, they're still going to have to pass a law. They're still going yep. to have to have a lawsuit. And I think those, when that happens, those are going to look like Kavanaugh hearings. Remember the Kavanaugh exactly. hearings? Exactly. You're right. Uh, where the other side came out so vehemently and yep. almost violently they're going to do the same thing in the state capitals when this happens. That's right. And so we have just got to fortify ourselves. We've got to put on the armor of God and be prepared. And that's and one of the things Susan B. Anthony List is doing is thinking ahead of how can we take our political game to the states to help shore up and prepare for that day. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we're talking about, of course, the legislative branch when it makes laws and how it can start to shore up and get it through their lawmaking begin to build a hedge and be prepared. Sure. Uh, so that shouldn't be any surprise. You know, if we're going to pass discrimination bans and heartbeat bills and all these other bills, it shouldn't be any surprise when the day comes, we're going to make abortion illegal in our state. And that's what I right. see a lot of states lining up to do is to make that statement now, yep. even though it's not quite time yet, but yep. we're making our statement now. And But we've got to hold the line until that day comes. That's right. And it will come. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that day for sure. So as we are closing up our interview, Sue, is there a way that someone listening says, wow, that that organization seems like a really great one, and I'd like to learn more about it? How would they learn more about Susan B. Anthony List? Yeah, I would really love to see people go to our website. Uh, We're known for our our communications, our look, Mm -hmm. our brand, easy to read, easy to understand, lots of graphics. It's www.sbalist.org, sbalist.org. And I would ask you you to look over the whole website, but up on the top there is an election tab. And I think you might be blown away by, let me just leave you with a teaser. We knocked on 8 8 million doors before November 2020. Wow. And so we have the largest ground game in, in history for the pro-life movement uh, in campaigns. We make no bones about it. It's political, and we've got to get them elected. So, and had lots of victories this last time, despite, uh, despite. May, maybe a, a big one that we all feel yeah. like we lost. So, Well, and I'd like to say one last thing about that, if I could close with Please. that. Obviously, people think uh, that the election was stolen, there was election fraud, whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't get into that. Sure. But what I do like to point out is, even so, we know we're still about 50-50 in this country about life. We have got to get this message out to our friends, our family, our neighbors. We have to be supportive of women in their pregnancies. We have to show God's love with our hands and feet um, and change hearts and minds. Because regardless of the election legalities, um, we still need to change a lot of hearts and minds in our country for life. That's right. And so let's get out there and do that um, in love. Wonderful. Well, that is a wonderful way to end our interview here with Sue Liebel, the state director of Susan B. Anthony List. 
You've been listening to I Choose Life News and Views. If you have questions about this program or if you'd like to support the fight for life, please call 260-471-1849 or go to ichooselife.org because without the right to life, no other rights matter.